Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, an award-winning show dedicated to helping contractors generate more revenue, employ more people, and serve more customers. Powered by Rival Digital. Tune in each week to learn how other business owners and industry professionals across the country are staying ahead of the curve in an ever-changing business landscape. So, are you ready to dominate your marketing, get a grip on your operations, and build the business you've always dreamed of? Join your host, Eric Thomas, and get a fresh perspective on what it takes to create a world-class contracting business. The best idea wins. Now, here's Eric Thomas. help if i hit record <laughs> what's going on talk. everyone welcome back to another another episode uh of the smart hvac marketing podcast technical difficulties uh tried hitting record didn't hit record hit record i think we're rolling yeah cool anyways hey how's everyone going how's everyone doing out there uh welcome back to another episode super excited that you are are tuning in i've got a a really really cool guest uh with us this week we got jackie Abel from service titan host of toolbox for the trades jackie how are you doing i'm doing great eric thank you so much for having me um i have to warn you that um i live in glendale california which has the loudest uh garbage trucks of all time so if you hear anything let me know and i will happily close my window for you nice i was hoping that uh our 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 dog friend would be joining us again is it frankie Oh, it was Russell. So I am, I've been Russell. on a dog sitting kick uh, for anyone who does not know me, which I'm assuming is most of you guys. Uh, I love dogs so much. And I just moved into an apartment where I can have a dog. So I've been easing my way into dog ownership. So I've dog sat two dogs, Goldie and Russell. Russell's my across the hall Goldie. neighbor. And I'm probably going to become a foster dog parent once I'm done with school. So that'll hopefully happen in the, in the fall. So so no dog friends today, but they're in my heart always. Nice. Yeah. I think it was Goldie that was that, that joined us. So for the listeners out there who are just like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, a few weeks back, I was on Toolbox for the Trades, which we're going to chat about here in a second. And uh, and Goldie was just such a helpful uh, assistant to that conversation, really just kind of guided the conversation and kept us on our toes. I was so proud of her, you know, for a four-year-old Chihuahua mix, uh, she really had a lot to say during our interview. And I think she contributed a lot to the conversation and we got a lot of great tips from her. So guys, please check that out. Yeah. Eric was a few episodes ago and you will definitely hear Goldie's thoughts and opinions throughout that audio. Yeah. All right. Well, Jackie, welcome to the show. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell you. our listeners a little bit more about yourself, about the podcast, and then we uh, we'll just take it from there. Yeah, of course. And thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to come on and talk to your audience. So uh, Jackie, I have been working at Service Titan, which is an all-in-one software for the trades for almost six years. I, August 2017 is when I started. And I, I can't believe it. No one is more surprised 
than I am that I have made it this long, uh, which it's been such a privilege, such an amazing ride. About three years ago, I convinced them to give me a podcast because in my past life, I had ran a comedy podcast that was mildly successful. And I told the team at Service Titan, you know, I think a podcast would be fantastic for our audience because they're in trucks all the time. They're always looking to improve their business. And so my amazing uh, team uh, head... I want to give my bosses a shout out because honestly, like they were the ones who really made it happen. My bosses, Brian and Scott were like, go for it. And so we've been going for, oh my goodness, I think over 130 episodes now. And it's been a total blast um, on Toolbox for the Trades. I talk with contractors, partners of contractors like yourself, uh, other folks who are involved in the trades, like partners and whatnot, about what they're doing in the industry, how they got into the trades, big challenges they overcame while they were growing their business or learning a new technology or tool or strategy. And we just have an honest conversation about their path in the industry. And I think it's a really cool time and I really love doing it. Um, and I love having folks like you on as well. So that's more or less me, uh, Service Titan podcast lady. Uh, but I've got a lot of other interests too. If you want to get into those, yeah, I want to. I want to hit on the comedy uh, podcast. I know you said that you had a, a comedy podcast. So is comedy like? Is that like a thing that you do like for a hot like stand up or you just into sure. Comedy? So I'm from New York City. I'm from Flushing, Queens, like the nanny right across from where the U.S. Open is. And um, when I got out of college, I was originally going to go to grad school to become a therapist. In that time, I found that I found a job in marketing and tech. And I also got rope doped into the New York City comedy scene. And that's where I started doing improv and stand up. And I started producing my own short films and web series. I decided I wanted to try my hand at writing for television. So I moved out to LA in 2016, always keeping like a marketing, you know, career going in the back in the background because I needed to support myself. But I had a comedy podcast with my very good friend, Amanda Salvatore, called Guilty Pleasure. It's still up. I think it's pretty funny. And we would basically talk to uh, comics, actors, musicians about their guilty pleasures. It was really fun. Can you tell our listeners like your best joke, like all time? Like if someone's like, tell me a joke, like your, your go-to. Oh my God. I, people ask this all the time and it's so, <laughs> it's probably the most annoying question. I'm going to be honest <laughs> only because I, I like you so much, Eric. It truly is. I have no idea who your audience is or, um, or what their vibe is. And I have to be honest, every single joke that's coming to my mind right now would not be a good representation of Service Titan. But oh, I okay. will tell folks that if they ever meet me in the wild, and I'm around in the wild quite a bit, I go to a lot of Service Titan events, I'll be happy to share my one of my most successful jokes with them. Yeah. So, yeah. So, listeners, when you are attending Pantheon in 2023, and you, you yes. Jackie, she'll tell you, she'll tell you some jokes. And I feel like we should yeah. just go ahead and sit on Pantheon since that organically just just popped up real quick. So Pantheon this year, can you tell us a little bit more about what you know attendees can expect, what what the listeners can expect that'll be going? Sure. Uh, so Pantheon is Service Titans User Conference. I have been to every single one, and I have to be honest, they keep getting better and better. This year, we are leaving our native state of California, and we are going to be venturing to Orlando, Florida, where we're going to have a several-day conference from September 11th through 13th, where we're going to feature keynote speakers and also in-depth Service Titan training. So folks who are either Service Titan customers or are just in the industry want to learn a little bit more about Service Titan and other best practices 
resources they can use to level up their business are all welcome. I will be there with my team. We're going to be recording some podcasts there. I'm going to have a booth. Um, so it's going to be a really fun time. And I, I am just honestly really excited because I haven't been to Orlando since like 2009. And I just really want to ride the Avatar ride uh, in Disney World, which I hear is, is really fun. So it's going to be a great time. Uh, we've got a special music guest, which I can't reveal, but it's going to be cool. So I'm excited. And I'm excited to see so many of our customers and contractors out there. Yeah, I'm stoked that these events are finally making their way to the East Coast. I feel like like 2020, 2021, even, even some of like early 22, like, like spring 22, I just felt like I was constantly like Phoenix, Vegas, LA, like all West coast. And then I was like jet lagged. And then this past year it was like, boom, Atlanta. I was down in Jacksonville for a service Titan event. I was down in uh, Tampa for a service Titan event. And then now there's a bunch that are on the East coast this year. So I just want to go ahead and give a shout out to my East coast people. It's our time. It's our time. It is. It is. And I have to say as someone who was born and bred in the East coast and then moved to the West coast, uh, it, it's a total different vibe. And uh, I'm definitely a lot more, I feel like the East coast has a little bit more like frantic energy to it. Like go, go, go has to get done. And the West coast is a bit more like, well, we'll get done when it gets done. Uh, that's my, that's my <laughs> perception of how I've been as a West coaster. I, I feel like that's just because you guys are like, you know, like half a day behind us. So you're like, like everyone on the yeah. West coast is just like, eh, you're waking up. It's already like 10, 11 o'clock here. Everyone's like getting to work and it's like, eh, it's all good. We'll we'll get to it whenever we can. But the West Coast, hey, I like the West Coast. Better weather, okay, for sure. Um, cool. All right. Well, a lot of rambling. Like I said, ton of rambling on this show. But I want to make sure that we get some some good uh, good content out here for our listeners. So uh, let's talk about Toolbox for the Trade because you know you you host mm-hmm. that podcast, and similar to you know this podcast, you spend a lot of time interviewing, like you said, contractors, best practices groups, vendors, you know, industry experts. Um, mm-hmm. what's, what's just been some of like the, I guess some of the best advice or topics that you've hit on recently. Cause I feel like I just get so much good information from talking to contractors on the show. So I know that you've probably gotten a ton of good, of good content on yours as well. Oh my gosh. I mean, that question, I could sit here and answer it for, for hours. Uh, and I think what you probably have over me in terms of like being able to get concrete takeaways is that you focus on marketing, whereas I focus on the whole service business. So I've had folks come on who, again, like our operations directors, marketing managers, I had an amazing dispatcher on once I've had techs on. Um, So I really get the whole, like the holistic view, a really big theme, but like, it's so interesting. Like every, we've been doing it for over three years now, every few episodes, there becomes like, there are these themes that emerge. And one theme that is always never does not come up is the importance of culture, growing talent from within. So in my opinion, the contractors that I'm talking with have understood the hiring crisis is such that they're not going to be able to hire techs with a lot of experience for a couple of reasons. One, they're all employed. Two, they may have habits that don't reflect on their, the, the, the contractor's culture, right? So what they've tried to do now is they've created these in-house apprenticeship programs and they're growing, like they're growing talent from within. They're 
pulling people that are between, you know, as young as 18. I know some folks have said, oh yeah, we've got apprentices in our early thirties, which I think you should do because who the hell knows what they want to do when they were 18. You know what I mean? And they're like teaching them yeah. their ways. They're teaching them how to do the trade and also teaching them the soft skills that they want their technicians to have. And I think this is so awesome because not only are these young adults not taking on debt, but they're getting paid to learn skills that are going to be applicable throughout their day, their day-to-day lives. So that honestly, the importance of culture and building talent from within is always a theme that comes up. And there's a couple others there that I can throw out as well, but that's honestly the big one that always comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's sit on culture. Cause I feel like that's, that's huge. And I, it seems like anytime I see companies that are just growing leaps and bounds and are, you know, they're constantly, you know, the next big thing is like, they've already done it. And every time you see those companies and then you like kind of investigate, how did they get to that point? You look at their team and you're just like, wow, they have team members that are promoting their company on their personal social media accounts. Like who goes home from work and has their profile picture of them in their work uniform and is constantly like, call us, call us and promoting and sharing. And I'm like, that is the sign of a good culture. Like these people, like this is, it's important to them. So what are some of the things that like, that you're seeing good contractors doing with to create a strong company culture? Uh, one person who comes to mind right now is Alyssa, Alyssa Rogers, uh, who's the vice president of Rogers heating and cooling. I think she's in North Carolina. I'm sorry if she listens and I'm getting her, her, her area wrong. But one thing that she does is she created a podcast, the Rogers radio hour, and she interviews local businessmen and women, people in their neighborhood about their own industry. She has her own techs and her own employees on the podcast to talk about the company, talk about the culture. And this gets everyone excited, Right. One thing I really admire when I go on contractor social media pages, because FYI, I started at Service Titan as the social media manager, and now I'm the host of the podcast. So, you know, I'm talking about different paths in life, right? One thing I thought was always so good is when contractors would feature their talent on their social media page. Like, hey, this is our tech, Daryl. Daryl's been working with us for eight months, and he's been doing a great job, and here's a review he got. Like, that's something that you're that you're going to want to share on your profile. Like when service Titan shouts out the podcast on LinkedIn, me personally, I'm always resharing it. I'm like, heck yeah. Like, let's go. Like, look at all the cool stuff I'm doing. So I think to answer your question, to get employees to engage on social that way, you have to create content that celebrates them. That's something that they're proud to share. Um, and that doing that on social then like goes to the whole culture. Like, I think people that are doing it right are ones that are specifically praising as much as they can, right? Uh, I have a therapy background as well. I am in grad school right now. I'm getting my master's in, in therapy. And this is like pure behaviorism, right? Like you praise people for the behavior that you want. And when they do behavior you don't want, you use that as the learning opportunity. But yeah. something that we're taught, I think this, I think this can be applied to children and to dogs. I don't know. I think you, you, you have a kid, don't you, or you're getting one. Let me know if this works. I don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, there's, you know, yeah, you catch very, them. very soon. Yeah. Very soon. Okay. 
you catch them yeah. being good, right? And I think employees that are, or um, employers that are really mindful of creating a good culture are always on the lookout for that. And then they're instilling that mindset in their middle management that are also going to be rewarding and looking for that. So it's, you know, pure behaviorism at the end of the day. Ben, BF Skinner, we all know that. <sighs> anyway, I can ramble. So, well, so just FYI. Yeah, that, um, yeah. I'll definitely let you know how that works on a kid. Um, August 8th is the expected due date. We'll see. Um, we're taking bets. Not, not bets. Just a friendly little like internal Major. Uh, guessing game about due date and, and wait, yeah, and stuff like that. So excited. We'll let you know, listeners. But dogs, for sure. I have a dog, and uh, he's questionably well-behaved, I would say. Um, he does his best. Uh, a lot of that is probably based on training. But I do remember when he was a puppy, like – my thought, you know, peed in the house. And I was always like, no, don't do that. Bad dog. But then I would like watch these videos and they were like, no, you have to like, um, positive puppy parties is what they called it. We have to throw him a mm -hmm. positive puppy party when, not when he does something bad, you don't, you don't do that. But when he does something good, you're like, you celebrate. You're like, yeah, good job. You did it. You peed outside. We were supposed to. And you're like, celebrate him and give him treats and wags and scratches and all that stuff. Well, can I actually like turn this around to another big theme that I find in Toolbox of the Trades? So yeah. I'm sure you see this too with the people that you interview and you're a business owner yourself. You run your own agency. Um, when you become the leader of a company, whether it's five people, 50 people, 500 people, as your company grows, you as an individual are going to be stretched, right? And mental health Obviously, I'm an advocate for it. That's come up several times on our show, especially with folks that have, like Tommy Mello talked to me about it, Ishmael Valdez talked to me about it. And I think the big lesson that contractors who become mega contractors learn is that they apply that same praise mindset, mindset to themselves. Because think about the voice that you use to speak to yourself every day, right? For me, for a long time, it was like, you're such a piece of crap. Like, why are you doing this? That's so dumb, blah, 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 blah. But the minute you change that into a praise party of like, wow, you really tried your best, or oh, look, you did that, way to go. It makes life a whole lot easier. And I think the nicer you are to yourself, the nicer you can be to others. So that's another plug for yeah. people getting their, their head on straight. Yeah, no, I mean, just to, to even to be like somewhat vulnerable with our listeners, like that's something that I've struggled with in the past as well. And I know so many business owners struggle with it. And you know who who kind of like finally, not didn't call me out on it, but finally like brought it to my attention was Sarah Gerardo when I was at um, Toolbox Live in Jacksonville. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we were sitting at a table like everyone. It was like before a working session, and like I was just sitting there on my computer. We were all on our computers, da, 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 whatever. And she asked me a question. I was like, yeah, I don't really know. I'm not like, I'm not like an expert at this. I'm not like an expert at that. I'm not this. I'm not that. And Sarah was like, do you listen to how you're talking about yourself right now? And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, she was like, I know that you're, you know, these things and you're good at these things, but you keep saying that you're not. She's like, that's, she, and I was just like, yeah, I thought about it. And I was like, wow, I'm, I'm always talking about myself, not positively. And I'm like, that's rubbing. And so anyways, like the second I noticed that and I started thinking like, even when bad something bad happens, it's like, wow, I just learned an important lesson. Way to go. Like even turning negative yeah. things into a positive thing, it just makes it easier to live with. 
Yeah. And of course there's a difference between being like toxically positive. Like if the, it's like yeah. you know, that meme of the dog who's just having coffee while everything's like, everything's fine. It's like, no, like <laughs> I'm not, I'm not advocating for that, but I'm advocating for being compassionate to yourself when you make mistakes. Cause yeah. you will, because we're all human beings. Our knowledge is limited. Our scope is limited. We're going to screw up every once in a while. And what's important is that when that happens, we're kind to ourselves, we're kind to others. And I think that's a really big part of culture as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's good stuff. Um, all right. So that, that was theme number one. You said that that's really big is, mm -hmm. is the culture thing. And I, I think that, I think culture is huge because, you know, your people are everything uh, in your business. So um, you know, what, what are some other ways, you know, outside of just, you know, positive, mm. um, you know, just positive praise and stuff online. Like what are some internal things that you've heard or seen people doing to build a strong company culture? Mm, 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 mm. Well, I have like two other things that are coming to my mind too. I think while well, systems and processes are giant, um, I'm a fr I'm friends with Al Levy. He's been on toolbox for the trades a bunch of times and he's like the king of systems. Right. And one thing he talks about, oh, crap, I'm going to screw it up. So I hope he doesn't hear this, but he has this really interesting way of looking at an org chart and having it kind of be very clear and aspirational in that if I'm an employee coming in, say, as a uh, maintenance tech, I can very clearly see what steps I have to achieve in order to become an installer um, yeah. or to become a service manager. The same thing goes, so you can have it that way, right? You can have it super systemized where you have career pathing at your shop uh, and you like, this is how we want to grow. These are the kind of skills we're looking to hire for. So if you're looking to get to one of these places, this is how you do it. So having it be super prescriptive. There's also the way of interviewing your people and just asking what it is they want. You know, that's a big thing that comes up too is... People like to be rewarded and praised in different ways. Some people, it's winning contests. Like, okay, for every HVAC cool HVAC call we book, or for, oh, I'm sorry, for every maintenance uh, thing you sell, you get one point, and you know you'll win a TV at the end of the week or something. I don't know. Some people really like that praise in front of an audience. Some people like to get a, a monetary reward. I've had owners come on the show, and Chris Hunter's one that comes to mind is that he always wants to know his employees, why? Like, why are you doing this? I think it is foolish of owner operators. And I think a lot of my guests would concur with this. It's foolish to think for owner operators to think that their motivation for running the business is going to be the same motivation that their employees are there, right? Those are two very different motivations. If I'm an employee and I've got two kids, uh, a spouse, and I maybe just want to take them to Disneyland, like that's going to maybe like time off and flexible time off is going to be more important to me than the goal of hitting, you know, I don't know, 50 million in revenue or something. So being mindful that like, don't project your own wants onto your employees, interview them and figure out what it is they're trying to achieve and keep them happy. Um, there's this one book that's coming to mind and I'm, it's called Radical Candor, I believe. Yeah. Um, and it has this idea of, you know, you've got your superstars and you've got your, like, you've got your like hustlers. 
hustlers isn't the word, it's the only word that I'm coming up with right now, but your superstars are like me. Like I'm someone who likes to be challenged every year or so. Like that's why I have the podcast. I also work on service Titan webinars. I've got some other things in the, in, like cooking with my team. I'm always looking to my boss to be like, how can I grow? What's the next project I can take on? Whereas there's other people that are like, I am fine just doing this. Like I'm here, like you can rely on me. I do my job well, but I'm not looking to grow. And I think that's a really important thing for folks to be mindful of is what do your employees want at the end of the day? Um, so, and I think yeah. that really fits into the culture. And obviously the bigger you get, like the harder that's going to become. So it's important to instill that way of leadership, that way of uh, training with your middle management team. So that gets trickled down. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I think that's um, that, yeah, that really, um, that really resonated with me when you were talking about like projecting your own why as the leader or owner, you know, I know we get a, a mixed bag of listeners here. I know we have some owners, some leaders, some operators, some managers, but you know, like you said, like I could like, here's a perfect example of this. Um, we, I know a, um, we have a client in, in your neck of the woods in Los Angeles, and he's had a technician working there for 38 years. Oh my gosh. And like, people just don't work at companies that long. Like you, mm -hmm. people hop and like, he's been there for 38 years and he's, I did a ride along. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought this up. This is just like, I'm just oh, having like this I'm excited. Flash, flashback story time. So we went out there on a visit to uh, to capture video and photo and stuff for his marketing. This was uh, spring 2022, uh, just last year. And I did a ride along with him to a, a customer's house that had a no, no heat call. Um, this was, <laughs> it was, it was mid April in LA. So we're, you know, mild 75 degrees or so. Um, I thought it was hot outside, but you know, someone's furnace wasn't working and they wanted their, their heat on. Anyways, mm -hmm. I was riding in the van with this guy. He's been working there for th over, over 35 years. And I was like, what's your favorite thing? Like, wh like, what's your favorite thing about what you do? And he was just like, I love my job. I love fixing heating and air conditioning systems. I love to just meet the customers and diagnose the problem and find out what's happening and then just fix it and just know that I helped them. Like I helped guide them into the right direction if it needed to be fixed or replaced or whatever. And I'm like, that's a perfect example of someone that's like, maybe his why is he just enjoys serving and he wants to feel the gratitude of servantship of helping others. Whereas you might have uh, another employee that their why is they want to take their family to, you know, Bora Bora. And the way they're going to do that is by selling leads or, or flipping leads into replacement estimates or selling systems, whatever it might be. So for some, it might just be a, Hey, I just want to help customers. And for others, it might be, Hey, I want to sell some systems. But like you said, you can't get there unless you ask them, we'll get you out of bed in the morning. Yeah, exactly. And I'm so happy you said that uh, because there's also been stories that have come on the show where someone will say, well, early on in my, in my business, I took my best tech and I made him a service manager. I brought him into the office and he was miserable. And luckily we were able to correct, you know? Um, but like, imagine if your customer had promoted that guy who loves doing stuff in the field, has been there for 38 years. And it's like, oh man, like Bob's been here for forever. Like we really got to give him like an office or something. It's like, no, you don't, don't make assumptions about what other people are looking to do with their lives. You have to ask them. And I also want to tell you that Los Angeles 
I've had several apartments here. They all have horrible insulation. So that's why she needed her heat on in April. Yeah. Yeah. LA is, that was the first time I was there and I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was nice. I know sometimes it gets a bad rap on online. People are like, whatever. I enjoyed it. It was nice. It does. It does get a bad rap, but I think it's pretty awesome. I really like it a lot. Yeah. So it was me and two of uh, the rival digital team. We were there. We were there for like an extent, like a 10 day trip because we had like three days on site with the client taking photo and video. And then we drove over to Palm Desert, Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love Palm Springs. For for Palm Springs for the Service Nation event, the Service Roundtable Mm -hmm. event. Um, Can I tell you why I love LA so much real quick? Can I like tell you why I like what's my favorite thing about it? Because it does get a bad rap. And I need to tell you before I say this, as a born and bred New Yorker, I thought I was going to live and die in New York. I was one of those very obnoxious people that's like, nah, it's the best city in the world. And then I came to LA. Uh, I knew some people here. But my favorite thing about this city is on Saturday. So we're recording this. Is it okay if I disclose when we're recording this? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so we're recording this July 6, 2023. On Saturday, July 3rd, for $20, I saw Nick Kroll, who's like one of my comedy heroes, run his own stand-up show and test out all new material with like, and had a stellar lineup of comedians that like if I went to go see anywhere else in the country, my ticket would be like 80, 90 bucks. But in LA, I can go to like dive bars. I can go to black box comedy theaters. And I can see all of these people perform for like nothing because they're just doing crowd work. And so that's one of my favorite things about living here. Um, so yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. We went to a restaurant uh, called Elefante. Have you been there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the one in Bojack Horseman. I don't know if you're a TV fan. I'm a TV fan, but yeah. Bojack Horseman uh, parodies it. How was Elefante for you? I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was really nice. It was like a nice like rooftop vibe, sunset golden hour mm-hmm. type of thing. We enjoyed it. It was really cool. Nice. Um, Very cool. But yeah. That's, that's really neat. Um, I forgot where I was heading with all this. We were talking about Los Angeles and how cool it is. We're talking um, about I'm the sure guy Lawrence, in the I'm, truck who. Yeah. I'm sure Lawrence is listening. Shout out to Lawrence. Uh, Brody Pinnell. Lawrence has been on the podcast, I think three times now. And, um, Oh wow. Hi, Lawrence. For a fourth. Um, so yeah, I forgot where you're heading with that. Anyways, next topic. Um, cool. So we've talked about culture. We've talked about, you know, your why, um, Al Levy. I'm a huge fan of that guy. He's been on the podcast oh, twice as well. Best. And, um, he actually is, I mean, he, he taught me even without him knowing that like the best way to get talent in your organization is to take willing people with no skills and turn them into willing people with skills like that's his, that was verbatim what he said. And that stuck with me. And that's the same thing. Like even from that day, I was just like, how do I do that? How do I do that? Anytime I'm trying to find someone, I'm like, how am I going to achieve that? Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, he, so, I mean, I know Tommy Mello very much agrees with that mindset. And I mean, I think even a more recent person who I had on uh, Jason Brady who just had just hit his million dollar month when his first million dollar month when we interviewed him. And he was like, I just, he mentioned that one of his best leaders, he, she was a waitress that he would see often at like his local bar restaurant situation. And he like heavily recruited her. She even said no at one point. Um, and he was like, listen, like, I really think you would be a good, 
a, like a good fit. And now she's super happy. She's one of his strongest. Um, she's like one of the strongest members of his management team. And I think that just goes to show like, you can learn anything, but you can't learn. That's the thing that comes up. It's like, you can teach someone anything, but you can't teach them a willingness to do it. You can't teach them certain soft skills. So being on the lookout for that instead of native talent, like to the trade, I think is, or technical talent to the trade is more important. Those soft skills. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll give away one of my, my secrets for finding people like that is uh, teachers. Like oh. they're the best for customer service yeah. or for like, cause it, like if you're doing like the Colby assessment, almost every teacher has got high fact finding, high follow through skills and they're patient and they can, you know, they're used to chaos with little kids and then also chaos with their parent, the kids' parents. So like they can, they can handle that customer. That's nothing for them. You know, they're empathetic yeah. by, in nature. And so teachers are, are great. No, teachers, I mean, I, can I say a little bit of a shitty joke? I'm sorry, can I curse? I'm sorry. A little bit of a crappy joke. But uh, yeah, all you have to do is show the teacher the salary that they'll make at your company. And uh, I think you could probably get a good recruiting tool. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a marketing recruiting campaign. Just find all the teachers in your area and send them. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. That's awesome. Cool. All right. Is there anything I haven't hit on yet that you were hoping to chat about? Um, I do want to clarify that the radical candor I talked about, it's rock star versus superstar in terms of like rock star mode and superstar mode. I don't know which one is which, but one is like hustling, doing the everyday thing. The other one is, um, you know, achieving more going beyond. I would say another thing that comes up on toolbox um, that is something if people are interested in, Oh, thank you for showing the book uh, yep. is Kim we Scott. talk a lot. Yeah, she's great. We talk a lot about private equity and the importance. I cannot stress this enough. The importance of succession plans. I spoke with an owner the other day, uh, literally yesterday, she's going to be on the podcast. Her name is Tasha Rogers. Uh, I'm sorry, Tasha Roberts with uh, ASAP commercial doors and her, both her parents were owner operators. And one day they got into a devastating motorcycle crash that put them both in comas. They both survived. Thank goodness. But Tasha not being in the industry at all had to come in and learn how to do the business. And I had another, um, guest uh, back, I think it's like episode 50, Trevor Lively, similar instance, like his dad, unfortunately passed away very unexpectedly. And he had to just learn the business. And they both talk about like the important, well, Trevor especially talks about the importance of having a succession plan in place. And I think having that succession plan in place, really getting your books in order, that sets you up for going down the private equity route, if you feel like you want to. Um, and I've even spoken recently with Amber Gage from Sabre Marketing about how to find the right private equity partner. That's an episode that's going to be coming out soon. So I, I really have to say, if anyone's interested in that, definitely check out some recent episodes of Toolbox for the Trades because we talk about that all the time. Yeah. And that, that's such a like timely and relevant topic too because they're, like private equity is huge right now. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's been really cool. We've done about 130 episodes. I'm looking forward to doing 130 more and, you know, keep going on here and keep coming on podcasts, awesome podcasts like this and talking about toolbox. But, yeah. you know, it's been awesome. I've really, one thing I always say 
about this career and like where I found myself is that it always blows me away how willing contractors are to help one another. And I think that's what's so cool about this community. I've worked at tech startups prior to Service Titan. The level of community and camaraderie amongst our the customer base I see in Service Titan, I've never seen that before. And I think that is just so cool. And without that passion for helping others, like to help people avoid the mistakes that other owner operators made when they started their business, that's the only reason that Toolbox for the Trades exists. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, I'm happy to be doing it. I love doing it. And it's awesome because I get to meet awesome people like you too. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, spot on. Uh, that's I love podcasting for that exact reason. Just getting to meet people and, and hear their story. And I get to just ramble, and tell bad jokes, but they get to share a I lot know. of good information that I would have never thought of. So awesome. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for being on the show this week. Um, Thank you for having me, for Eric. I so appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So for our listeners out there, how can they, um, I guess, how can they just learn more about Toolbox for the trades and then maybe even uh, connect with you if they want? ServiceTitan.com slash podcast. Uh, if you scroll down to the bottom of that page, you'll see something that says be on the show in case anyone wants to be on the show. Uh, but that's a contact form that goes directly to me. So you can fill that out there. I'm also on LinkedIn, Jacqueline. I think it's, am I Jackie or Jacqueline? Uh, I've, I've, I've reiterated my name so many times cause I, you know, doing comedy too. Uh, I'm Jackie Albell on LinkedIn and I think it's, uh, so if you just search for me there with service Titan, you'll find me, but would love to connect with folks and, um, get back to this community, this amazing community as much as I can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much again for being on the show and, uh, thank you all for tuning into another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. Oh, I forgot. I, we were having some like recording button debacle earlier, so I for, totally botched the intro. Um, oh, that's okay. About, like, the, yeah, the best idea wins. Um, so yeah, we're here to help <laughs> you generate lots of good ideas. I think we generated some good ideas today for our listeners. Um, so yeah, for everyone out there, uh, don't just sit on this information. Go do something with it. Write it down. Turn it into a plan. Um, get 1% better. All those good things. Appreciate you listening. And until next time, stay smart. Thanks for listening to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, powered by Rival Digital, helping business owners and industry professionals across the country stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing business landscape. We hope you learned something from this week's episode. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast.